You're listening to the Health Coach Careers Podcast, brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur Podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder, Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit. Hello, and welcome back to the Wellpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook. And this week, our interview is all about digital marketing goodness. So I know you guys love the Real Wellpreneur series where we go behind the scenes with a real practicing wellness entrepreneur who's done something really cool in her business and to actually learn what's working for her today. So today our guest is Nagina Abdullah and she runs masalabody.com. So the whole idea is it's weight loss, but through delicious spices. And this episode is all about online marketing, and you're going to love how Nagina shaped her business. And she's really, I mean, it's so much, I was just so in love with how open she was about everything and how she actually runs her business, what's really working for her and all the like little techie bits too, we're going to talk about. So if you're interested in creating an online wellness business, or you'd like to create and launch a program online as part of your business, you definitely want to get a notebook and pay attention during this interview because she's sharing so much goodness. Now, one of the things you'll hear me mention in the interview is that Nagina actually does not have any products or services listed on her website. Yeah, did you get that? No products or services on her website. The whole plan is when people come to her website, they get on her email list and then she makes offers from there. And so she's created this really cool online program that she launches on a regular basis and has really grown her business with it and gotten many, many new email subscribers, as she'll tell us about. So it's a pretty cool model. And I know a lot of you are really interested in how does this online side work. And this week, you're going to find out. Now, if you'd like to go further and find out how online marketing really works for wellness businesses, you want to make sure you have a copy of my book. It's called Wellpreneur, right? (laughs) You notice a trend with the names. So my book is called Wellpreneur, and it's on Amazon in print and digital. And it takes you step by step through how to bring more of the right people to your website and turn them into paying clients. You'll also want to check out my marketing bootcamp program. Marketing Bootcamp teaches you how to create a consistent stream of clients in your business without spending all day on social media, and it's really focused on online marketing. So you can learn more about Marketing Bootcamp and join anytime at wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp. And the book and bootcamp, they're both teaching the same system. So it's my organic growth system for how do you actually build your audience online and convert them into clients. But there's just different ways of teaching. So some people like books, other people want the more in detail video course with all the training videos and worksheets and checklists and all that goodness too. So totally up to you. But those are two resources that if you're inspired after this interview and want to go further with digital marketing, definitely check those out. I'll link them up in the show notes as usual at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget, you can always come chat with us. Over 4,500 Wellpreneurs are hanging out in our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. And we talk about 
issues that come up and questions from each week's episode. You can share what you're working on and get some feedback. So definitely come join us there at the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. Okay, so I like totally geeked out in this episode. I love talking about digital marketing. Um, I think you're really gonna like it. So enjoy this interview with Nagina Abdullah of Masala Body. Hi, Nagina, welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda, I'm so excited to be here. So I am really thrilled to talk to you and totally geek out on like lead generation and online wellness coaching and all of that stuff. Um, But before that, I just wonder if you can start off by just telling people, like, how do you explain what you do? Like, how do you introduce yourself? Okay, well, I am the founder of the website MasalaBody.com, and I'm a health coach for busy women. The way that I started my website was a personal transformation where I had lost 40 pounds from changing what I was eating and making it taste really good using um, flavorful and fat-burning spices. And so I grew my business through blogging and through coaching. And now I have a couple online programs as well. Awesome. And I'm just super curious because I'm really into like herbs and spices. How did you come across this, this angle of weight loss? Because so many, so many wellness coaches do weight loss, right? But yours is such a cool niche. It's such a neat, neat approach. Tell me about that. Thank you so much. What's interesting is that I didn't even realize that this could be a niche. Like I actually grew up eating really flavorful food. My background is I have an Indian background. I grew up in an Indian family and we use spices in all of our cooking. And for me, it was not even a big deal. I didn't think about it at all. But when I was growing my business, one of the ways that I grew it was to do a lot of guest posting. And so I wrote an article and I um, submitted it to, to Mind Body Green. It was called These Five Spices Helped Me Lose 40 Pounds. And uh, that article not only got picked up, like not got accepted by Mind Body Green, which I had already submitted seven other articles to them, and they didn't even respond except for telling me that they received my email. And so they picked up, they said yes to this article, they published it. And when they published it, it went like, to me, practically viral. I got over a thousand subscribers in like 48 hours from that article. And it continued to generate traffic to my list. So that was kind of one hint that spices were something that was interesting. And then I found a few other area, a few other um, hints like that along the way, where, for example, I went to a breakfast one day and there was a lot of producers there and, um, and editors from TV shows and from magazines. And I talked about how I use spices in my cooking. And someone from Fox News told me that they wanted to do a segment on me on the spices for weight loss. And so I did a whole segment for Fox News. And so what I was realizing is that this was really interesting to people. And it was something that was unique. And it was also something that was easy because what I found in weight loss is that, and also I think not only in weight loss, in all less of, in all areas of health, especially, not everybody wants to transform their entire life, but they're willing to take little steps and maybe change their breakfast or maybe add something to their lunch. And so Spices were a fun way to get healthier and also easy and realistic. And so all of those combined with the mystery of spices and me helping to kind of demystify how to use them. That was really interesting. And so from there, I grew that angle because there was it was a niche. I was seeing interest from doing like this type of market research. And then I decided, let me go with this angle because it's something that is in demand. That is awesome. I'm so glad you shared that story. There's so much goodness in that because I talk a lot about guest posting. That's really how I built my email list too. 
And people get frustrated because they have that experience, like you described, where you submitted seven articles and you never hear anything back. And they'll just say, well, that's it. Nobody wants, you know, they just get kind of this spiral of discouragement. But actually, it's like, it's all market research, isn't it? You try these different topics and you found one that really took off and then that ended up shaping your whole business. Yes, yes. Well, the one quick key that I found is it's not about staying in your own head. It's about like getting out there and putting your material out there and being willing to be rejected. And because out of that rejection will come more ideas and something will something will 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 be a fix. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what I don't want to dwell too much on this, but like, what was your website like before? What was your business like when you were submitting these guest posts? Because it, now it's all rebranded around Masala Body, right? So what initially did you think you would be doing? I did start with a niche in the beginning and it still is actually what I work on. And so I find that spices fit under that and that's for busy. So I help busy women. So I have lots of strategies and techniques for women that are working either 40, 50, 60 plus hours a week or busy moms or women that have both of those um, Mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. And so that was my niche where I started from. It's still where I'm, I still do a lot of work in that area, but the spices is kind of more of a very, very targeted, more narrowed niche. And it stands out in a lot of ways. So how did you find your first health coaching client or your first weight loss client? Yes. Okay. So that was definitely very exciting to get my first uh, health coaching client. And I really got it from emailing my list and from guest posting to get more people to my list. And I would write um, very... I actually went through a transformation of how I would write because when I first started my blog, I would write like facts about how to lose weight. So I would say things like you need to have fiber and protein and look at the types of carbs you're eating. And though those are all very true, people would like zone out and fall asleep by looking at that. Because what I learned is that people connect with emotion versus facts. So I started changing the way I was writing and I started talking about personal experiences. And instead of the facts of like the exact uh, macronutrients, I would talk about how I felt when I was 40 pounds heavier, some of the things that I changed slowly and now how I feel like how I'm able to have energy to run a 5k, how I feel like I can hike with my kids, how I can go to the beach and not be self-conscious about myself. And as a result, run into the waves with my kids. And those kinds of stories were really inspiring to people, where that's what made people click and say, yes, I want to talk to you. I need to have a phone call with you. It wasn't about me saying like, these are the steps to take. Let me help you take these steps. It was more like, do you want this life? Do you want this transformation? And I would offer, I would tell a story. And then at the end of my email, I would say, I'm having a free breakthrough session. If you're interested in talking about your health goals, and talking about your challenges, and then I can help you tell you a roadmap and how to get there, then sign up for a free call. So that's how that's the kind of the mechanism is through these breakthrough calls. And then people would sign up for them. And I would talk to them about those things. And then I would share a program I had developed through a lot of product and program research. And they would always a lot of times they would say like, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And so that's how I got my first client. It was actually before I even did this, this as a regular a regular method before I even did that, I was sending out those emails that were very emotional. And someone replied to me and said, can you help me? I need someone to coach me. And then I set up a call with them, told them about a, a program that I literally put together right then and sold it to them. And that's how I got my first client and then followed up with a breakthrough call so I could just continue to get more clients. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Did you start off with your business with the intention of mainly finding clients online? Or did you transition from doing like more in-person stuff? How did that happen? 
I did start by wanting to, I did know that I wanted to find clients online. And that's because I've studied a lot of other online businesses. And I've seen that you can be very successful in an online business, like extremely life-changing successful. And the other part of it is that I had a full-time job and I also had a family. So I really did not have the option to like go anywhere and work in a brick and mortar type of situation. I was willing to do some workshops, but I knew that I needed to really grow my business from the online side so that I could be around my house more and have more of a flexible schedule. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So I was checking out the website, like masalabadi.com. And one thing that jumped in, it's like really vibrant and like totally conveyed. The branding's really good. But one thing I noticed is there's nothing for sale on it. Right. And so I want to talk to you about this. This is really interesting because it's clear, like from a marketing perspective on your website, you're just driving everybody to sign up for your list and you're not even telling them what you have for sale. Right. So walk us through, like, how does this work? Okay. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing that you noticed that. And it's so absolutely true and very much part of my strategy where I don't offer anything for sale directly. And so what I do is I really, my main number one goal when someone comes to my website is for, for that person to sign up for my email list. I want them to get onto my list. And that's the number one thing I want. And the reason I want that is because then I can start to build a relationship with that person through my emails and I can connect with them. I can find out what their problems and issues are. And I can really show them that I am the person that will be able to help them. And so by coming to my website, like a regular person that just comes across the website, it's pretty challenging to get that connection right away unless someone referred you or unless you've heard heard about that person in a lot of ways. But from online, um, if someone's searching for you or they come over to your website, they're going to browse and they might, if they leave without doing anything, then you've lost that person. Of course, you can do like Facebook retargeting and those kinds of things. But in general, just from someone coming and seeing you, if you if they if they look at your website and move on, it's going to be hard to get them back. So if you can actually capture them into your email list, then they're there for not just one launch, but they could be there for multiple launches of different products that you have in the future. So that's why I like to bring people onto my email list. Sometimes the people that buy my products, when I launch them, they have been on my email list, sometimes only for a couple of weeks, but sometimes for a year or two years. And they've just been reading and been been looking at what I've been doing. And then one other reason is that I feel like, well, and I've seen that when, if someone, if you're selling something online, it's usually going to be a lower priced product that someone will come and just like buy right away without knowing you that well. So it's something that is like on the, on the pretty affordable side. And when I do my launches, I definitely have a price point that's higher than someone that would just like do a quick, spontaneous purchase. And so as a result, my launches are more significant. And so I put a lot of my energy into launches versus just selling on an ongoing basis because I find during a launch, there's so much urgency that I'll get much more sales and people are really involved in the launch and I'm giving them my best content. And that's why I like to just bring people onto my email list. And then I sell to them later on after they've gotten to know me. And I basically sell programs that will really help them. And they're following me because they see that all the advice and all the emails I'm sending them in between are actually helping them solve their problems along the way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So just to summarize for like, especially for the people that I know some of you listening are beginners in online marketing, and this is like, whoa, my gosh, what's she doing? This is amazing. So basically what you're saying is 
you want to get people onto your email list and then you're nurturing them. So you're emailing them Mm -hmm. like once a week or twice a week or through an intro sequence or whatever to get them to know, like, and trust you and build up that relationship. And then several times a year, you have a big launch, which is basically like an event. So you're like for two weeks, there's this program that's available and it's starting this date and then the doors are going to close and it's going away. And so that's what's building the urgency. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. It's definitely, it's an event. It's, it's yeah. That's exactly right. It's like in a two-week event and everyone is involved in that event that's on my list. So the bigger my list, the more possibility of people that are buying that program. That's awesome. So do you do webinars then for those launches? I do do. I do a launch webinar, meaning like I open my, I've, I've tried, I've tried this so many different ways. And so what I found works for me is that I do a launch uh, webinar where I open up the program on a webinar. And a lot of people do buy on that webinar, but I've also worked on improving my webinar over my launches. Sometimes it's like you just have to change the content in your webinar. And then after that, I started with two weeks of emails. And I've now shortened it. So I have one week of emails after that. So it's like I'll do a webinar on Monday night. And then I'll send emails Tuesday through Friday. And then I'll close the cart on Friday night. Awesome. That's super cool. And I've got some more questions about that. But let me just say launches. I mean, tell us about this whole launch model, because it's exhausting, right? Like when during that week, or maybe you have a way now that is not exhausting. But my experience is like, oh, my gosh, there's so much going on during that one launch week. So absolutely, there is a lot going on through, especially in the very first launch and the second launch. But I do want to really, really share that one of the strategies that I've used that I feel has really helped me just simplify my business and make it so that we're really focusing on profit is that I have relaunched the same program. Now it's been eight times that I've relaunched it in the last two years. And every time it's a significant launch. And so the first launch, yes, it's a lot of work. I mean, it kind of took over my life. I had to take lots of time for myself to do this, but I did it again and I, I made it better. But then by like the fourth launch, I had seen which emails were getting the, the most opens. I was seeing which emails were creating more people to purchase the program. And so I really started just optimizing my emails and repeating mm-hmm. some emails in every launch, even though it was to the same audience. The thing that's interesting that I didn't realize, like, not everyone reads all your emails. People don't even remember, even if they read your email, if you send the same email a year later, they, they often don't even remember that they read that before because there's so many, so many emails that everyone's reading and so much content everyone is digesting. And so I started just optimizing and finding out which emails are working, which webinar is working. And then I just, now my emails are, I mean, my launches are very, very stressless, which is, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine saying that when it was my first launch, but now I know what works. I'm repeating it. And all I'm doing is focusing on getting new people in for each launch, because I'm not, I'm not selling the product to the same people over and over though. Everyone on my list is getting those emails. I'm always working on bringing new people to my list. And after studying my numbers, I found out that is really the key to a growing and thriving online business is having ways to keep bringing new people in and and getting people to know about who you are in the world. Let's talk about that. Tell us about what you're doing to bring those new people in. How do you find them? What, what's your process? 
Okay. So I think I've probably done every single thing possible out there. I'm still open to trying more things, but I've done everything from guest posting, which is writing an article for another blog or another online site, and then giving them a lot of value in your guest post. And then at the end, you link to your website. And a lot of times there's a free gift at the bottom that says, like, for example, my Mind Body Green one, after it was these five spices helped me lose 40 pounds. At the bottom of my article, I said, come to my website where I will share my free recipe book for seven spicy recipes to melt off seven pounds or my free recipe book with spices. And that's like, it, it's something, it's like a carrot that goes along with the article. So if someone's reading all the way to the bottom of the article and you're going to give them like the next natural step, then people will come over and they want that free gift. So guest posting is amazing. The only thing with guest posting, it does take time to write the article and to make the connections, but it works really well. I also have done a lot of publicity. So I've done things with Fox News. I've taken publicity courses, but it didn't happen. It didn't just happen. Like Fox News didn't come knocking on my door one day. You know, it's like I went to a breakfast where I would meet people. And then I, I started a conversation with someone that was a producer at Fox. And I knew she was a producer at Fox. And I knew the work she had done before. So I developed a relationship and I told her about what I was doing. And then it was, it was fortunate that she was interested in what I was doing as well. So I studied relationship building and how to create really effective relationships that are mutual, where you're helping each other out and you're just enjoying that relationship. So guest posting, relationship building, publicity. And then I've also done Facebook ads. And so a lot of people hear about Facebook ads. I have done Facebook ads and they can work. The thing is that what I found in Facebook ads is that they do work to a point. But then when I really tried to scale up, it didn't become profitable anymore. So I was able to bring in a lot of traffic. But then you really want to know, are these are the people you're bringing in from Facebook actually buying? Because sometimes you're not sure who's buying. Where did they come in from? So it's important to know and to track like, where your buyers are coming in from, because the different sources give you different quality of people. And what I've learned over the years is to not only focus on the numbers of people that are on your list, but the quality, like, where did you get them from? How much do they know you? And how much are they connecting with you? So Facebook ads is another one, I think, it could work as part of your lead generation strategy. But after only using them, they could become it could your your business would cap out, like you have to have other sources of people of, of people coming in. So the other thing I've done over the last year is really getting focused on partnerships with other people that are in the health space. So podcasts, being on summits, and then also just other partnerships, like supporting each other by sending out maybe like a little note to a, a lead magnet, like sending out a PDF to each other's audiences so that they're sharing with each other. You're sharing your audience with each other. And it's really just about this abundance view of that there's so many people in the world and that there's not like a limited set of people. So that's why partnerships are really, really effective. So overall, it's focusing on getting my voice out there and looking at how profitable each of the sources are and how many quality people are coming in that way. And what I've seen is that when people hear what I'm saying or see me on video, I get a lot of quality quality people. And so I work on doing more of that. And so it's really about like trying things out and seeing what's working for you. Yes, totally. So that I mean, for everyone listening, what you just said right there, like that's the key attitude to success. It's just about trying it out and seeing what works and do more of that. Because I think 
you know, that's what you, it's, it's marketing's in a bit, in a way, a bit of an experiment and you're throwing things out there and then you're getting feedback from the market. And I love that, that you've been able to shape to really, you know, hone in on, on what works for, for you for that. I'm curious, could you give, like, if you were talking to a health coach just starting out who really wants to create an online business, what advice would you give them? I would say, get out there and start writing, write things on your blog. Like my first advice is create a simple website because your website is not the main part of your business right away. It's like more about just your home, a place that people can come to. And it's not about being fancy. It's just about you showing that you're there and about you collecting more people or gathering more people for your email list so that you can you can communicate with them. So what I suggest for a website is having a blog, having an about page, and then having a contact page. And that's it. You really do not need more than that. Like over time, you will build. And so it's about looking at your um, looking at health coaching as a journey. And right now you're on step one. And it's really uh, important to stick to simplicity. And then writing blog posts and really focusing on the emotion of what you're helping, what you're helping others to achieve. So versus telling someone what to do, think about how they're feeling and also do research about how people are feeling. Like I use sites like Reddit. I even look at Amazon product reviews, like book reviews or um, weight loss book reviews. And I see how, how people, what they want and what they're looking for and include those in your stories because those are the things that people really catch on to and resonate from. So for someone starting, I would say a simple website and focus on connecting with people through writing or through video or through whatever your your forum is and focus on the emotion of what they want versus the rules of what they have to do. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. What's your team look like? Do you mainly work on your own? Do you work with contractors? Do you have employees? Oh, yes. Thank you. This is an area that I'm really working on building out more. But I I work with, I have, I think, about six contractors that work with me. And they're really key. So I have two VAs. I have one VA who is just every week actively reaching out to potential partners. So that because I tried to do it and I did do it, but then I have so many things that come up in my life that until the way that I could create a system was to hire someone. And so I have someone that we created a template and she will email other people that we're, that we're finding and she'll ask them if they're interested in, in doing a partnership with me or uh, having me be on their podcast or anything like that. And so that's, I have, I have one VA that does that. I have another VA that posts blog posts up on my blog because I have um, every week I have a new blog post that's really expensive. And then I have a writer that helps me. I craft the ideas for my articles and she will send an outline and she'll create a draft and then I'll edit it. So it's like, I'm trying to systemize. I've systemized my growth, like my growth um, patterns, which is partnerships and then writing articles and getting them on my blog. And then I send them out through my email. So Mm -hmm. I also have a tech person that I work with who helps me when I'm doing my online programs. Like she sets up my whole membership site and all of the payment pages. I just decided I just didn't want to spend all my time doing that. It takes me so long and it's not my, it's not where I, I really shine. And so that's where I outsourced my, um, my technology for, especially for my products. So that's a few of my team. I also have a graphic designer that does a lot of my graphics for me, for my different programs. And that's, that's pretty much it. I'm, looking to bring on more people because I feel like the more you can support your, the more you can take care of those 
kind of everyday items, the more I can do what I'm meant to do, which is share my content and be out in the world. And that's what I'm focusing on spending most of my time sharing my advice and my knowledge versus me being in the back, like working on all the admin stuff, which is it's hard. It's easy to get caught up in that because there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Um, I always like to ask, you know, since you're an entrepreneur in the wellness space, you've always got to look out for your own wellness too, right? While growing your business. So how do you weave that in? Do you believe in, I mean, do you believe in this idea of balance? How do you, how do you keep yourself well while growing your business? Oh, I love that question. And that is absolutely a non-negotiable to me that I have to, I have uh, a couple things that I do. Well, a few things that I do that are really, if I don't do them, I, I, it's really hard for me to get through the day and I don't want to do that to myself. So the first thing is that I eat really well and I have a structure for how I eat. So I already know what I'm eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner pretty much every day. I, I don't, I try to simplify what I'm eating. So I'm not Make, I'm not spending my brain space thinking about what I'm going to eat and grocery shopping for it. So the way I've done that is to simplify. I have like similar breakfast, similar lunches. I change it up for dinner, but I, I'll make lunch for myself that will, I'll make it on Monday. I'll, for example, I'll, um, I'll roast like a pan of, uh, I'll roast like a filet of salmon and asparagus in the oven. And then I'll make enough for to last through Wednesday. So I go to the fridge on a Tuesday and it's already made. I just have to warm it up. And on Wednesday, the same thing. And then on Thursday, I'll make it again for Thursday and Friday. And so I'm not spending my time making my food, but I know that food that makes me feel really good and gives me energy that's sustained for the day. So that's key. And make it easy to, to make and make it easy to feed myself and be healthy. And then the second thing is that I really do need to exercise, but I find it really hard to get to the gym with all of these other things happening. So what I realized works for me is that I have to have a personal trainer appointment. And so I set up three personal trainer appointments a week. And that is the only way I can get myself to systematically get to the gym. But when I have those appointments, I'm systematically at the gym three times a week, every single week. And that makes me feel so good because my body is getting better. I'm able to feel better during the day. I'm strong. So that's super key for me. And so like, as I'm saying these things, I want for listeners to see there's a lot of things. There's a lot of ways I'm tricking myself to be healthy. Because if I thought about it every single day, and I had to make all these decisions, I would not be able to do it. It would be too much, too much work. And I would get tempted by lots of other things like sleeping in and chocolate that's in my uh, cabinet. So I've created systems so that I can stay consistent. And then the final thing that I do is I, I make sure I get enough sleep. It's really, really key for me to get around seven hours of sleep. And so I make sure I go to bed at a time where I know like seven hours before I need to wake up. And that's just a non-negotiable for me. And it makes me feel just very, very balanced throughout the day. Kind of on the personal side, how do you deal with social media and kind of online distractions? Because I know that's something that it's a, it's a really pressing issue for a lot of people. It's a, it can be a huge time waster. Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) I feel like I probably have a lot, I have some work to do there. But I mean, I I really try to stay focused on my goals for the day. So like, what are my things for today that I want to get through? And that keeps me focused, because I know that this is what I need to do. And then if I'm going to spend like an hour on Facebook or an Instagram, it's like my list is getting longer and longer. And that's really stressful to me. So though I'm not perfect, I do try to keep my goals very clear on what I'm working on for the day. And I really, really utilize my calendar. Like I put in blocks of time of what I'm doing during the day all the time, because if I don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. It's just on a list. 
So it's like, I have to say when I'm working on things. So I kind of combat social media by having a plan and using my calendar, but I still do use social media. And uh, part of it is that for business, like I found, you know, there's some parts of social media where you have to be involved in. And so I try to, you know, I try to address the questions that I get around my website and then, and then, you know, go in and go out. But of course, when you see someone's picture, you see someone's post, you're like, okay, I want to find out about this more. So that's where my goals come into play. And I say, okay, this was fun, but I still have all these things on my list and I want to feel good about myself today. So if you could go back to when you were first starting your business and give yourself some advice, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself that my failures are going to help me. And every single time I've failed in something, so I'll give you some, some, um, some examples, but every time I failed in something, it has, I've come out of it being stronger and better than before. And so like one example is when I was creating my first online program, it was called foods to get fit. And I created a lot of, a lot of collateral around that launch. Like I built a whole entire membership site. I wrote two weeks of emails. I created an entire sales page. And I did a webinar and nobody bought my program, like not even one person bought my program. And at that moment, the thoughts that went through my head were, okay, I maybe I should stay with coaching and not try to expand into online programs. Another thing is maybe this isn't for me. Those are thoughts that went through my head. And then I, I, what I did is I said like, okay, I have to figure this out because I know that, because for me at that time, I had a coaching calendar that was packed. And I knew that the way that I to grow was through online programs. And so I knew that I could not stay with the same way that I'd been doing it before. So I had to figure this out. So what I did is I reached up to some of my mentors and some people that were already successful in the online area. And I asked them to take a look at my sales page and ask them what they thought. And from that, I got feedback that like your sales page isn't really speaking to me. Like your product is actually isn't really speaking to me. And you should probably do some research about what people want. And so I did more research. I figured things out. I worked with some, I worked with a coach to help me create a new uh, kind of update my program. And I came back three months later with a program called Spice Yourself Skinny. And in that program, I launched it to the pretty much the similar audience. And that launch generated $20,000 and just like within a couple of weeks. And I, that's the program that I've been able to relaunch eight times. And every single time it's been growing and growing and growing. And so that moment could have taken me down. Like I could have actually said like, this really isn't for me. And I could have decided to stop if I didn't seek out help and fix the one thing that was, that was wrong. My, my thing that was wrong was the messaging, like foods to get fit was not that appealing, but spice yourself skinny was appealing. And the programs were pretty much the same. It was just the way that I was sharing it and getting the word wording and the messaging out around it. That's all that had to shift. And that's my advice is really to keep your head up and to like find the one thing that you can fix. Cause a lot of times it's just about fixing something. It's not like over redoing every single thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. You like this interview is solid gold. Seriously. Like I thank you. I feel like you've opened the kimono and shared everything. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) So tell everyone where they can find you, where they can learn more, all that good stuff. Oh, okay. I'm so excited. Well, I have created a um, a really special gift for uh, Wellpreneur listeners. This is at uh, masalabody.com forward slash Wellpreneur. And I'm sharing my sweet spice cheat sheet. And this is, um, I share the spice that is most likely in your kitchen cabinet. It's so common, but we don't even realize how powerful it is for our health and our weight loss. It helps to lower blood sugar and curb sugar cravings. The cheat sheet includes 
three health benefits of using this spice, five ways to use it in your day, and an easy recipe using this spice. And it's really, really comforting. And that's at masalabody.com forward slash wellpreneur. Thank you so much. That is awesome. I'm sure you'll get a lot of people over to your website to check that out. And it's really inspiring what you've created. So thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun sharing advice. Well, there you go. Are you totally inspired to do more with the online marketing side of your business? As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget, if you want to learn even more about how to market your wellness business online, check out my book. It's called Wellpreneur, and it's on Amazon in print and digital format. And also my marketing bootcamp course, where you can learn how to create a consistent stream of clients in your wellness business without spending all day on social media. You can find out more about Marketing Bootcamp at wellpreneuronline.com slash bootcamp. Okay, have a fantastic week. Um, I'll see you in the Facebook community, I hope. And otherwise, I will be right back here in your ears next week for the next episode. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free health coach decision kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.